And hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Word of Life broadcast. I'm your host, Mike Dobbs, and thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying the broadcast. We certainly are enjoying teaching from Genesis, this wondrous book, and the creation of the universe, as well as our Creator. And you can't help but talk about the Creator when you talk about His creation, because it is a reflection of Him. And we are going to Genesis, the first chapter, in verse number 22, where the Bible says, And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let the fowl multiply in the earth. In the original text, er, in the Hebrew, the exegesis would be, And God, Elohim, blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, bear fruit, and multiply abound, and fill the waters and the sea, and let fowl multiply flyers around in the earth. And so he is giving a instruction for not only we, in our last uh, broadcast, we were talking about the sea and all of the fish in the sea. Now we are talking about all of the different fowl, the birds of the air. And if you've ever studied anything about the birds, there are so many variations, so many bright colors. The male has the bright colors to attract the female. The female has the duller colors so that she can be camouflaged to protect her and the nest and the little ones. What, what amazing mentality and intelligence goes into something like that to make sure that the mother and the babies are protected and yet the male is going to be able to be attractive enough to attract a female. And so God creates this in the birds. And look at the different plumages and the colors and the variations and the diets. What a crea creativity. What a wonderful God and a, what a wonderful imagination. And the key words in this verse would be, number one, paral, which actually means to bear fruit or to bring forth or to grow and increase. And this is actually the first verse where we see blessing. Because God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. And we have to understand that this is the precedent that will be carried on throughout the entire Bible. And that is that God only blesses those things that are connected to his purpose. Now, understand, you know, you say, well, God blesses everyone. No, he doesn't. God only blesses things that are connected to his purpose. If you choose not to be connected to his purpose, you will not be blessed by God. Because everything that God blesses, everything God invests in, everything God causes to flourish are things that promote his agenda and promote his desire and his design. That is the way it's always been because he is the sovereign God. So you can't ask God to bless something that you're doing that he has nothing to do with because he's not going to do that, obviously, because he only blesses those things connected to purpose. Now, if you don't believe that, just study the word and you'll see throughout the entire Bible that he doesn't bless anything that's not connected to purpose. So there's a, a number one precedent that we're going to see in the book of Genesis that's going to carry on through the entire Bible. <clears throat> and then he says, be fruitful and multiply. This is not a request. This is a command from the mighty God. He is telling these animals what their purpose is. And if you think about it, the reason God created the crows, the reason God created the ostrich, the reason God created the many different birds, and that's definitely two variations that are far apart, is because he wanted them to multiply. He wanted them to flourish. He wanted them to fill the earth. Everything God creates is to fill void. It is to fill expanse because God doesn't like vacuum. Vacuum does not occur, occur naturally in nature because God does not like it. He fills 
all things. He filled the sky with stars, as we've said. He filled the sea with animals. He filled the sky with birds. And I'll never forget, I was in Nicaragua at a camp meeting, and I heard this flurry just going on outside my window. So I stepped out of the mission house to see what it was. And it was amazing to me that it was a large flock of wild parakeets. And they all landed in this tree just outside my, my window. And the, the, the tree was covered with the most vivid and beautiful colors as these wild parakeets had landed in the tree and they were chirping to their heart's desire. And I looked and I said, wow, what a beautiful example of God's creativity in the, the beautiful plumage that he puts the, the, in, on the birds and, and makes them very attractive and beautiful. And then the song that they sing. There's a purpose in the song. The purpose is to attract a mate. The purpose is to ward off enemy. There's a purpose in everything God does. And that shows you that this didn't just happen. Everything has its purpose. Everything has its design. Everything has its reason to exist so that it can support some other creation that God has made. And everything is so intricately balanced like the Creator wanted it to be. And so he tells them, be fruitful. This is a command. Multiply. Fill the waters of the sea. Fill the sky with birds. It is God's will that you procreate. It is God's will that you flourish. It's God's will that you feel all things. And that's what he commanded them to do. And then the next word that is a key word in this verse is rabah, which means to multiply. It means to increase not only in a number, but also in authority. In other words, the idea is that the more of you there is, the more authority you'll have. And so he says, bring it up, continue, enlarge, excel, exceeding, make great, grow up, heap, increase, belong in your life. All of these are parts uh, and meanings of the word multiply, of the word rabal, that God is saying. Go and multiply, flourish, and prosper, and continue, and enlarge, and be exceeding, and make great, and grow up, and heap, and bring forth the next generation. This is God making this command, and it is a command to all of his creation. And then the word that I mentioned, blessed, first time you ever see it in the Bible, barak. And it simply means to kneel, or by implication, to be blessed by God as an act of adoration, and vice versa, as God becomes the benefactor and we become the benefit. So he is saying to this creation, I am blessing you so that you can multiply. I am blessing you so that you can be fruitful. I am making it possible for you to fulfill my purpose. There is a principle here that begins in Genesis and will follow through the entire book. And I've seen it made manifest in my life many times. And that is that when God gives you a duty or a purpose to fulfill, he will give you the ability. He will bless you with the ability. If he wants you to be fruitful and multiply in whatever God has called you to be, he is going to be the provider. He is going to be the blesser. He is the one that's going to give you the ability to do whatever it is. You know, so many people never fulfill their destiny because they don't feel like they have the ability to do it. But one thing we need to understand when we're dealing with God is all we have to do is give him our availability and he will give us the ability. That if we will make ourselves available to him and say, okay, God, whatever it is you're calling me to do, I really don't have to worry about whether I can do it or not. I know I can't, but I also know that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And so as we're doing this verse-by-verse -verse commentary, there will be uh, brand new uh, precedents that are set in Genesis 
that we will address, and this is one of those precedents, is that God says, if I have called you to do something, I will bless you so that you can do it. I will give you the ability so you can do it, and I will be prosperous and will prosper you. And so that is what we see in this verse. And then the Bible says in verse 23, in the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And of course, we talked about five being the letter hey, which of course is a manifestation of his grace and mercy and relationship. And so when God created these birds, I believe God has a relationship with these birds. I believe God has relationship with every creation in the sea. He has a relationship with his creation, just like he has a relationship with man. It's not about religion, it's about relationship. And so, you know, the Bible even said, Jesus spoke it and said, that consider the sparrow, how it is so beautiful and ornate, and yet the Father knows when a sparrow falls from the sky. He knows when one hair falls off your head. He knows uh, whether that bird had lived or died that day. He, he makes sure that the bird has plenty to eat. God has a relationship of provision and power and authority with everything he creates. And this is a precedent that we're seeing in this verse, and it will continue throughout the entire Bible. That is why this is called Genesis. It's because Genesis is the beginning of all things. It's not only the beginning of creation, it's the beginning of how God will deal with man. It's the beginning of the precedents and the principles and the, the slowly showing people who God is, how God is, what God is, and what God wants. That's what Genesis is all about. And then in verse 24, and we'll just touch on this before we go, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind and cattle and creeping thing and the beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. Again, we see the stress here of his kind, which means an animal cannot move vertically to a greater level or of, of intelligence and development, but he can move horizontally in his kind. So there can be adaptation that changes that creature so that it can live better in its new environment if it has to move elsewhere. There are changes that will take place called adaptation, but it is not endorsing something called evolution. Evolution is constantly progressing upward as if a primate can become a man, and there are so many differences between a primate and a man, and one of them is what the Bible teaches is the soul. Uh, a primate doesn't have a soul, but a man does because God has given man an eternal soul. So as we read this and understand it, we will see that God made it clear. And why did he do this? Because he knew that there were people that would be teaching error, and he had to make sure that when you went back to the Bible that you would find the truth. And the truth is, he said, everything will be after its kind. It will not crossbreed with some other kind of animal. It will not turn into another kind of animal. It will not evolve into another kind of animal. It will stay with its kind. It could vary in its adaptation, but it will stay with its kind. And he, he stresses it, cattle and creeping thing, which could be uh, mostly reptiles, and the beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so. Now this is the beginning of the sixth day, and this is the creation of living things that will bring to the point of creating man. Now the number six is very important in Hebrew numbers, and of course, as I've already said, there are no numbers in the Hebrew. Every number is a letter. 
And that letter is Vav, and Vav means the symbol of achievement or preservation or transformation. Uh, Jehovah God completed the creation of the earth in six days. He transformed the chaos of dark and void into the beautiful planet of light, balance, and perfection. Six is known as the number of man because he was created on the sixth day. God's number of perfection is seven. And man will always be a six until he meets the one, and then he can become a seven. And that one is God Almighty. Renowned men who stood for defiance against God are associated with the number six, like Goliath, who had six fingers and toes. He had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. Nebuchadnezzar and the Antichrist emphatically used the number six. Uh, and we know that in the end, the mark of the beast will be some derivation of a computer form that will be six numbers and six numbers and six numbers. And so we understand six is the number that represents fallen men. Athaliah usurped the throne for six years and killed all of her grandkids, except one that was held in secret. And God worked six days to prepare the realm of man according to his plan. And then that man has existed on earth for six thousand years and we are waiting for the seventh thousand year which will be the millennial kingdom or the time of rest so six is a very significant number and we're going to see that not only did god create all of the crawling animals like the cattle and and all of the animals but he will also create the masterpiece of his entire creation the one that he will have an intimate relationship with and that is adam and eve and we will talk more about that in our next lesson. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Word Alive broadcast, and we are doing everything we can to make the Word come alive to you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Word Alive broadcast. If you enjoy the video, please give it a thumbs up and consider subscribing to our channel. Once you've subscribed, make sure to click on the notification bell so that you'll be notified each time a new episode is released. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can do so by checking out our Patreon page and signing up for one of the provided monthly tiers. A link to our Patreon page can be found down in the description. God bless you, and we'll see you next time as we continue to make the Word come alive to you.